I like to peek out late. I like to pee the Testing out from one, two, three. I like to peek out from underneath the pillow. So we're going to start off this episode with a viewer, uh, listener email. Who is it from? It's from our good friend Steve the Creeper. The Creeper, eh? The Creeper sent us another question. Nice. So Steve writes, uh, what is your opinion on the SKS Bullpup stock conversion from sgsworks.com? Uh, I don't I don't care for it very much. You don't like it? Uh, nope. It's cool. It's awesome. I love it. It looks it's good. great. Yeah. You just don't like the idea of it? No, it's a great oh, idea. Wait for it. You're wrong-handed. Yeah. You're lefty. I'm a southpaw. Yeah. So yeah. I would not enjoy shooting that. So that particular design would not accommodate a lefty. Not at all. But other than that. <laughs> other than that. <laughs> other than you not really being able cool. to shoot it. Uh, I like it. Uh, it looks like a cool idea, uh, especially for a range toy. Um, I like the idea of it being able to use the Tapco 20 rounders, which a lot of people like, or you can use the factory magazine, which I like. Uh, yeah, the, the factory, the built-in tin, so yeah. that's uh, California compliant. California I guess. compliant, yeah, I guess. Um, the the other thing is it makes it better to put a uh, easier Better platform? Easier, better, mo better? Finish your thought, and then we'll decide what you were trying to say. <laughs> um, yes. 32. Uh, okay. It makes, it, makes it, it a better, better platform, platform for adding optics and accessories. Is that what you're trying See, to say? See, you knew exactly oh, what I didn't I know meant. what you were trying to say. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> so this, uh, much like the Troy MCS chassis for the M14, it allows you to add optics to a gun that's a real pain to add optics to. So that's a great benefit for this. Uh, the other thing is it makes it shorter, handier. All right, so let's let's kind of review this. So it, it modifies an SKS, which is a old war ancient, horse, basically. Ancient design, yeah, from the, from the 1930s. And these are, okay, so it's from the 1930s. It's piston-driven, yes. which is the main reason why it can be turned into a bullpup. Without modifying, because there's no buffer that goes into the oh stop right 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 yeah yeah it's and a short so, yeah it's a short recoil system and now correct. these these were these are very long guns correct well yeah they're they're from the old school design I mean back when they were designed back in the day of course they didn't care so about compactness were they were they normally like a field infantry weapon or yeah they were supposed to be a standard rifleman rep- weapon comparative to a bolt action of the time okay and so what we're doing here is you're basically you remove the wooden stock and you slap this bullpup design onto it yeah you yeah. basically it's a polymer clamshell holder thingy that moves everything and then they get their own fire control group that uh right that which act, i saw you have to like forward. make adjustments to that sometimes it's a few trips to the range apparently well why, couldn't you just dry fire it yeah but i, I mean, think what they want to do is get the get the make sure the reset works and everything under shooting conditions, which makes sense. Okay. Now, this is a polymer design, which, you know, makes you go, eh, because some of the polymer stuff out there for the SKS isn't exactly quality. But everybody who's seen this thing uh, has ranted and raved about the build quality. They say it's the nicest looking polymer you can get your hands on. So, But it's not cheap. No, I mean, it's it's ha- not. It started SKS, out pretty fit inexpensive. When I saw the introductory price, I would jump all over. To yeah, the introductory price. price was like one seventy. I think it's closer to two hundred. Yeah, well, the introductory price was one seventy with a tri rail and a forward grip. Now it's two hundred dollars or one ninety nine ninety nine for just the stock, no tri rail, no yeah. grip. 
So the price, which basically is probably going to double the price of your gun, at least. Yeah, because uh, I mean, SKSs well, are, SKS are what? Well, they used more, to be like 110 Yeah, they're more than $200 yeah, now. Yeah, they used so. to be 110 one, a really nice one for 165 The biggest thing, though, is this is unproven. And so I wouldn't recommend it for if it's your if your SKS is your only rifle, like, like my brother. His only rifle is his SKS. I wouldn't recommend he go throw it in a you know, bullpup stock and then go fiddle with it. And hopefully it'll work when he needs his rifle. Now, for somebody like me who's got you know, a bunch of guns laying around, throwing my SKS in one of these for a range toy, why not? It's, uh, it's going to be a fun, it's, you know, as long as I enjoy it. Uh, I don't see anything wrong with this setup. Um, I'm kind of looking at picking up one myself because it looks like fun. Yeah, maybe we'll just contact him and get a T&E version in. Yeah, so uh, SG Works, if you're listening, uh, give us a call. Yeah, maybe we can buy... No, go to our Facebook page. <laughs> yeah, go, yeah go, go to our Facebook page. Um, now, I also noticed that they're still... I know they were having some production issues, and they're still running at almost a five- or six-week lead time. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. No, I didn't realize there was a... There's high demand for these things. Well, that's good. Good for yeah. them. So that's it's a it's a obviously it's a really good design. I From mean, what way, I heard, it's a quality product. Yeah. So I mean, they've designed they put a lot of design features into it, uh, like putting the larger capacity magazines. They've got a cut in the pistol grip that allows you to actually rotate the magazine into the pistol grip to get it out of the gun. Oh yeah, that's a pretty because that's a, lot, a pretty trick feature. For I, anybody I that, that doesn't know the SKS, you can't like an AR. You can't. It, it's like an AK. You have to rock the magazine into place. Yeah, and it's got a long duck bill, so it's kind yeah. of a long rock. I mean, like three and a half inches, probably. Yeah, huh? yeah, maybe. And when I first saw it, I was wondering how they were. You know, how it cleared that pistol grip, but it's got that cutout in it, which guides it right in. It's kind of neat. Yeah. So what else we got, Scott? Okay, the next thing you wanted to talk about was... Oh, no, there was two-part question from the Creeper. I'm sorry, I almost missed the second question. Yeah. He speaks so strangely soft, so... Yeah, well... What I can you expect? What and when you hear it from the bushes, you don't always yeah. write it all down. So the Creeper's uh, second half of his two-part question is, uh, I've heard you talk about dry fire practice on several casts. When I was first taught to shoot, it was emphasized that dry fire was bad and would damage the firearm, most notably the hammer striking the frame and the firing pin being damaged. I have yet to hear you speak about practice rounds. I have Azum practice ammo, which are solid aluminum rounds with a silicone silicone plug to mimic the primer and save the firing pin. I also have snap caps, plastic rounds with brass primer backed by an internal spring to, again, give the firing pin something to hit. So. Click, 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 click. <laughs> dry fire, right. Um, click. Your dry fire 99% of the time isn't going to hurt the gun. There are some exceptions to the rule, but most guns aren't harmed. Uh Pretty the much big, any military weaponry. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're not going to hurt anything, AR-15, you know, Beretta's Glocks, anything like that. You're not going to hurt them dry firing. Um, your 22s, your rim fires, you probably don't want to dry fire. There are some out there that, you know. I've, I've seen one. They claim they're they're built so you can dry fire no, them? I, I've seen it actually has a cut in the, in the barrel. I, I, I don't think I would still dry fire that one, honestly, without a uh, snap cap. Okay. I would recommend, you know, and you can, rimfire snapcaps. And you snap can cap. get rimfire snapcaps. There are yeah, a lot of people them. that don't think you can, but you can get like them. Like Pac-Meyer makes them. Yeah, there's just a little others. rubber ring around it, and you just click yep. into that, yep. basically. The, the the other thing is I've never damaged a firearm for hundreds of thousands of dry fires, especially when you're talking about, like, the AR-15. And he's talking about rifles that he's gone out, or pistols he's gone out and shot. 
Yeah. It's not like he just dry fires it and says, oh, I never messed anything up. He's actually put thousands of rounds through it after dry firing yeah, it. Yeah, I probably, probably fired, you know, 3,000 rounds through my matches AR, just the upper. Uh, the lower is probably going on 10,000. And I've probably dry fired it another 10,000 times. I mean. Yeah. And now there's certain, like like you said, there's certain extenuate, extenuating circumstances like an AR. When you have the upper off, you don't want to dry fire it. You don't want to let oh, it yeah, smack yeah, the, yeah, uh, yeah. the lower. Yeah. You don't want to do you that. You want to catch it with your finger. Yeah. If you get the upper off a pistol, you don't want to, you know, let the hammer fall. But generally dry firing. Now, there's nothing wrong with snap caps. Um, they're not going to hurt anything. They probably. Ooh, you know what my favorite thing about snap caps? What? When you load up your buddy's magazine who says he doesn't flinch, uh-huh. and you load up, you know, uh, uh, like ball a dummy, and dummy yeah. Drill. yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. throw a dummy one in there, and you watch him have like three inches of movement. Now, I definitely do recommend you do ball and dummy drills when you're training, especially if you're training with a buddy. Well, I guess it only works if you're training with a buddy, huh? Tap rack bang. It, it works for me because once I load the magazine, I forget where it's at anyways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's but, the thing. If you don't look at the yeah. magazine while you load it, it helps you work on uh, flinching, anticipating, trigger control, all those things that we probably all need a little bit of work or on. How about just go home or the day before you go to the range, if you've got three or four mags, just load them up then at random places and you won't That's know. That's true. That's true. And what we're talking about here is, you know, you you replace one of the live rounds in your gun with a practice round or a snap cap. So when you're shooting it on the range, you get a dummy round underneath the firing pin. And when you pull the trigger, you get the click. And what that'll do, if you're flinching, you'll flinch, even though it didn't go bang. If you're anticipating, you'll push the gun down. Maybe you heal the gun up. Maybe you have bad trigger control and you watch the front sight come off the target. So it's just a good training thing. But it also it speeds you up for in those situations when if you're at home and you have an issue and you oh malfunction you know, drills too. Yeah, bang, that's a very know? good point and also. It, it, you'll speed up on that. That way, in a, in a situation at home, when you pull that trigger and nothing happens, you don't freeze. You yeah, immediately true. tap it, rack it, and then pull the trigger. Again. You don't raise your hand and wait for the range officer to walk over. Right. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> there was a guy that was shot doing that, didn't he? He said there's it was lots so of in, there's lots of urban stories about that. So ingrained in him. I don't him. think I've heard one firsthand, but uh, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, we fight like we train. We train like we fight. That's why we so, don't hear those because that's yeah. that's most of the people we know. That's the way that they operate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, uh, I think we covered that one pretty good. I hope we answered all your questions, Creeper. Uh, if anybody else has any questions, please don't hesitate. Go to our Facebook.com slash gunshowpodcast. Uh, send us a message right on our wall. Like us. Break in your friend's computer. Uh, go on Facebook and like us from there. Uh-huh. Subscribe to us on uh, the iTunes. Listen, and Stitcher. Listen to us on Stitcher now. We fixed the Stitcher feed last time. Uh, it appears to be working, and we thank our Stitcher listeners out there. Um. So I think that wraps it up with the uh, viewer mail. Yeah, yeah, I did the that. listener mail. Yeah, I thought I you were about to end the show. No. I, I think everyone <laughs> thought you were going to end the show. They were like, "Oh, that's it." No, we're, yeah, we're gonna and, get we're, and we're done. Eleven minutes, but it says forty-eight minutes. Well, it's just silence. <laughs> wow, that would be rude to put thirty-eight minutes of silence on the end. Probably make our listeners upset. Let's try it. No. Okay, we're just kidding. <laughs> okay, I don't have that much patience to wait. You had a topic you wanted to talk about, uh, fitness. Yeah, being in shape. Uh, and it's not just because you fight. own a gym. I don't own a gym. Oh. Well, your body is your own gym if you read that book, but... 
Oh, that it was a book. Yeah. Yeah. I seen that one. Uh, yeah, I think I tried to let you borrow it, and you said, "No, no, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. I don't need it. Yeah, I'm naturally fit." That's what he says as he's flexing over here. Uh, yeah. It's basically, what I wanted to talk about was just some of the simple things that you can do in a day to day basis to be in better shape. If you're watching TV when a commercial comes on, get up and do ten push-ups. If you can't do ten, do five. Listen, round is a shape. There's no need. No, I'm kidding. It is a shape, but it's not a very good shape. It's not a healthy shape. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, what I'm well, if you think about it, how many times have you been in a stressful situation where all of a sudden you're fatigued? Well, yeah, any stressful situation is going to lead to a higher chance of fatigue and a quicker chance of fatigue. But I think well, your point goes to uh, just preparedness, right? We we mm-hmm. try to prepare. You know, we carry guns. Uh, what, we, what is the one we tool we guns. always have on ourselves at all time? My phone. Our bodies. Oh, you. Oh, you know. Okay, I got you. I got you. Yeah. No, I. But I was okay. I know you thought about it. <laughs> the. Yeah, you always have your body on you, no matter what, whether you're armed or not. You're. Yeah, you've got you on you. So. Well, and I think it's a preparedness issue. I think it's we we get the guns, we get the training, we carry the best ammo, we we carry a good holster, we worry about you know a belt to carry our holster, all those things. And you have to run twenty feet, and you're out of breath and can't exactly. hold the gun on target. Or you have to run up two flights of stairs, <laughs> or you know fill in the blank. Or you have to carry your kid two flights of stairs. You yeah, know, you you need to you need to you start upstairs and you hear a crash and all you want to do is get to your kid's room. Yeah. By the time you get to your kid's room, you're out of breath and you you come face to face with your assailant because he's right around the corner. Now or, you have to wrestle with him. Or even a non-defensive situation. You know, there's a much higher chance that your house is going to be on fire than you're going to get in a gunfight, right? Right. That's why you should probably before you go buy a gun and get tactical training, get a fire extinguisher and a smoke alarm. <laughs> Um, and, and as far as being an overall preparedness person, if you can't pick up your kid and, you know, run up three flights of stairs or down three flights of stairs or whatever it is that you have to do to get out of your house and get to a, you know, three flights of stairs, you, you are rich. I used to, I, well, no, I'm very rich. I have to run up three and then down three because they put Ste- me in a oh, corner. Steps. <laughs> three <laughs> steps. No, I, I used to live on the third floor. And if one oh, can imagine okay. having to run up three flights of stairs to get your kids out of something and then go back you know if you're if you can't do that right you know you're not prepared and i think like you said being fit falls into that now i don't think you're saying that you need to be a gym rat and you need to be no you know a fantastic i'm simply physical specimen like uh, yourself thank you if you watch (laughs) if you watch 30 minutes of television you'll notice there's at least four commercial breaks each one of those commercial breaks you can easily get up do five or ten push-ups, right. and if you can, and even if they're modified or whatever, until you can get up to doing the full push-ups, and then do a few pull-ups if that's you know an option, if something along those lines. Those workouts work out your core, which is where everything comes from: your lower back, your stomach, and all of your stability. So your shooting stance will also improve. You won't be fatigued just holding a gun. Well, yeah, and that's that's a thing. If you if you look at what the top shooters do, they're also athletes. They're not just shooters. I mean, I think we're we're getting away from the time frame when shooters used to be just shooters, and they practice shooting stuff to where they have to be an all-around great athlete to be a great shooter. So, you know, you practice uh, uh, pull-ups. I know you're a fan of pull-ups. 
and push-ups. Well, pull-ups and push-ups are, are the main two that that you can do at home. And, uh, I mean, to bring up somebody, Arnold Schwarzenegger actually stated if he could only do two workouts, he would do all the variants of pull-ups and push-ups. And he's the most famous shooter I know. He was in all those he's, movies. He's one of the most fit people <laughs> Well, that, with that, a, that of his that's, time. That's, that's true, too. So, that, I mean, that's where I was he's going He's probably very that. prepared. <laughs> well, he could probably hold a gun out longer than any of us. That's true. Still. Hold it very still, very long time. I mean, he has gotten old. He's gotten, well, you know, we all do. It happens Yeah, it happens. It happens, which Whatever. is fine. But uh, did you notice uh, the most one of the most iconic guys, how he's looking these days? Guys? Guy, guys? One of the guy. Chuck Norris. Oh, Chuck Norris. Yeah, you showed me that picture of yeah. him with the sans beard. Old Chucky Chuck's missing which was his beard. Scary. I don't think that was him. I think it was Photoshop. Yeah. I think it was fake. Could you tell by the pixels? <laughs> I could tell when shooped. Yeah, oh, gosh. <laughs> no, we're not going to start that again. No, we are never going to start That's that again. That's probably too inside baseball. The, <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, you want to stay, I think, getting back to the preparedness, um, you know, you want to have water, you know, maybe socked away for if the water doesn't come on for a couple of days at your house. You want to have enough food socked away for if you can't get to a grocery store for whatever reason. Maybe you want to have enough backup you know, maybe not a backup generator, but something simple like, uh, you know, uh, flashlights and candles and a Coleman stove or something. One of those storm radios. They now have yeah. storm radios have USB ports on them. Yeah. You can I'm, charge your cell phone and yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah that's, that that's a fantastic so even idea. Even if the cell phone network's down, I mean, you could probably use the map system or you could use GPS. I mean. But those little things don't really matter if you can't get up and go out to the garage and get your stuff and come back in Wait, without so being what winded. You're, what you're telling me is that the t- the the shows that we watch on television of these big boys that have their bug out bags, uh-huh. sometimes these bug out bags are 100, 100 to 150 pounds. Oh yeah, that I I find that unrealistic for now, almost everyone, now, especially if you're out of shape. That's I mean, I that's about 35 40 pounds less than I weigh and that's a quarter of what they weigh. Oh, right. No. Yes. So how are they going to transport and where are they going to go with these bug out bags? And, and like you said, I think this falls into just overall preparedness, personal responsibility. You know what I mean? If you can't run out of a, you know, fill in the blank situation. Well, it's, there's a, there's kind of a joke and I'm, I'm not going to say it correctly, but Uh-oh. if you're, if you're around, if you're in a zombie horde, you always have you a fat guy. Horde. Horde with a D. Okay. Yeah. If you're always if you're around a zombie horde, you always have a fat guy in the group that everyone else can outrun. Well, as long as you can outrun him, it's all that matters. Well, see, I don't think I, I think that's being I think that's being bigoted towards fat people. I think a cripple or somebody with a bum knee or you know uh-huh. a small child would be just fine for you. Yes. <laughs> Would be just anybody you can run faster. Were than. you doing recon while you were selling your girls? Older cookies? woman? No, I'm always practicing zombie preparedness. Good. I uh, noticed. That's why I've well, got we, zombie we were at the ammo. Store. We went to the store the other day, and he I've got was, a zombie knife. Almost bought that Hogue zombie stock set up for his shotgun. Well, I don't have a zombie shotgun yet, but the more I think about it, the less I find a zombie shotgun. Would make sense. Desirable. Yeah, okay. I wasn't yeah. sure if you were going to finish no, that thought. No. I think a small caliber uh, rifle be more desirable for zombies. You know, you, you got to do pop headshots. Yeah. You have to split the Abdullah Oblongata. Crocodiles don't have an Abdullah Oblongata. <laughs> 
Wow. I hope any, I wonder if anybody got that yeah, one. They might have. If you got that one, message us. Yeah, let us know. Let us know. Go to Facebook.com slash gunshow podcast and post. And I'd like to let everyone know we we uh we finished getting all those stickers out. What stickers? We got stickers? Yeah, we sent them out. Did did I get some? I think I gave you a few. Oh, thank you. I didn't want to give you too many because you would just stick them on yourself randomly and then throw them in the trash. So, well, my kids. Oh yeah, your kids them. would do that. But uh, actually, my whole uh, living room is. Uh, I said living room. Wow, kitchen. <laughs> I don't need to replace the tile now because I've got Gun Show Podcast as a floor. Oh my goodness! So I'm gonna need some more. So stickers. that's where all the stickers went. <laughs> I knew I knew when you were like, "Hey, I need the key to your place to go get some of the stickers." And I walked in, there were three left. Well, you only printed a couple of thousand. I don't know, I don't know what, what else you were thinking. <laughs> um, so yeah, we got the stickers out. We've had two people now tell us what they did with theirs. Uh, one actually posted a photo. So oh yes, go, go and do that. We are now on a beer fridge. Post which photos. that guy doesn't live too lo- too far away from us. Maybe we need Does to go he have, have a beer. beer? I, I didn't see in the fridge. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't see in the fridge. We're gonna need to know if you have beer and your exact address. No. So, uh, yeah, go on our Facebook, post pictures of where you stuck our sticker. Uh, and then we'll hand out hand a few out to your friends because I gave you three. Yeah, come on, share. I gave everybody three. Don't be stingy. And we're gonna be selling those. And you're, when when you see the price on those, I mean, what fifty bucks a pop? You're gonna be like, that's a hundred dollars value. Whoa, 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 whoa! We never talked about a price. We didn't. I think fifty is a little low. Oh, well, what would Not you? Not everybody sold, What would you have sold it for? I'm thinking seventy five for Done. two. Done. For two. Oh, for two. Yeah. Well, the, how well, is that a low saying, price? You were saying fifty for three, hundred and fifty, fifty dollars. Oh, fifty dollars. Oh, no, 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 no. One fifty each. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I thought so. I think we can give them a discount code. You know, ten cents off. So, what? What's the status on our shirts? They are supposedly going to the printer next week. Next week. Yeah. Hmm. Haven't I said that before? I think so. <laughs> I think you need to call the guy that knows the guy that knows that the other knows guy. The other guy that knows the guy that. But that they're makes supposed it. to be really good shirts. Are they? Are they? Are, they're they're not getting them from China. Be. Are they printing them in China and then walking them here? Well, they have. Well, going to swim them. He's going to swim and walk. They're coming by carrier pigeons, so they have to come in small swatches and they're sewn <laughs> together here. That sounds effective. Well, you know, it's the cheapest way to do it because carrier pigeons are basically free. No, uh, yeah, we should be getting the shirts in. Uh, I can't wait. I'm excited. Um, let me know when you need the money, and I'll pay you for one. Sure. <laughs> I've already sold a few pre-sales. Really? Mm-hmm. Pre-sales. Sweet. I've already hit a few pre-sales. How many? You got about three grand now? Well, that's the, cost, a grand that's a shirt. the cost of the shirt was three grand. It was three a shirt? Yeah, so. I so care. We need to write down these numbers. Technically, we funded this show for a month. Wait, what's our overhead? I, I don't know. I don't think we have an overhead. I don't. No, not yet. No, but we're gonna actually we're gonna have the we're gonna have the shirts for sale. We're gonna have the stickers for sale. Yeah, we're gonna put the shirts up for sale uh, somehow, some way. We're probably gonna put them on uh, somebody else's site. Yeah, we were actually gonna put them on one of our old sponsors' websites. Yes, 
and uh, just we wanted to kind of find out what everyone thought. You know, are you okay with buying it through another another company? Yeah, for now. I mean, we're working hard on getting our website together and everything, so we just wanted to know for right now if everyone was okay doing that. So if you're not, you know, send us a message, let us know. Yeah, sure. I mean, we send can us always an email, do, yeah, send like, us a message, something like that. Facebook so. us, MySpace. Do we have MySpace? No, no, no MySpace. Oh. None of that stuff. Website? Yeah, we, well, it's all, that's all under the works right now. Oh. So once that all comes out, we'll be good, you know, rip-roaring, ready to go. But we'll have koozies, I think. I mean, we've got, we've kind of got some stuff out there we're working on. Koozies? I like koozies. I like koozies. It doesn't like cool. koozies. <laughs> Koozie haters. Yeah, plenty of them out there. <laughs> all right, so uh, the last topic I wanted to talk about... Was it the last one or next to last one? Hopefully, hopefully it's the next to last. We need we need uh, quite a bit more time. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> the next topic. No. Uh, no? <laughs> <laughs> All right. The next topic I'd like to talk about is uh, armor piercing ammunition and some myths and uh, fallacies that surround that. And I'd like to straighten a few things out and uh, I don't know, wax poetic. It's kind of strange the way he looked at me when he said straighten a few things out. Straighten a few things out. Stop. Put them back in the closet. (laughs) Do not unzip your pants, Scott. Oh, sorry. Uh, They're already unzipped. (laughs) (laughs) Go to the ammo. What do we have? Oh, uh, I want to talk about armor-piercing ammunition. I think uh, there's a lot of myths out there, and uh, I think they can be debunked. Also known as AP. Armor piercing, yeah. Okay, to start with, there is such thing as armor piercing ammunition, right? Um, it is generally illegal for the public to own. It is uh, most, unless you're law enforcement or military, you can't be running around with armor piercing ammunition. There are a few exceptions. Yeah, what about the five five six like green tip? That is not technically rated as armor piercing. It has a. It does have a steel rod. Yeah, it does it. have a penetrator in it. It does penetrate some armor. Uh, realistically, but since it's not, you know, categorized under armor piercing, it is, you know, it, as free to buy as, you know, regular lead core ammo. Okay, so what were you going to say? So you said there's a few exceptions. Yeah, there's a couple of exceptions. 30 out 6 ammo in the AP is uh, perfectly legal for everyone to own, and 50 caliber of all things 50 bmg ammo so what why are there exceptions for those two calibers i think they come from back in the day uh the government wanted to get into surplus like world war ii surplus yeah getting rid of surplus you know 30 out six and and 50 cal from the war and selling it through the cmp program so they kind of left those laws on the cmp the civilian marksmanship program where everyone gets their m1 grands from Yes, the same. The ODCMP.org. You've gotten a few of those from there. Yeah, I got a. I actually bought them um, while I was All right, there. Scott, you're off topic. Go back to where you were. What? <laughs> <laughs> nice. I like that. So, anyways, uh, armor piercing ammunition is generally not uh, available for civilian ownership. And uh, so, if anybody tells you, you know, this is armor piercing ammo, it, it, technically it's not correct. Now, there are two types of armor, body armor, uh, personal protection. There is soft body armor, uh, which is your normal cop body armor. 
um, you know, your local police patrolman is going to be wearing this armor uh, on a regular basis. And then there yeah, it's is... it's just like the soft stuff they put on under their shirt. Yeah, so exactly. It's usually only rated for, like, handguns. It is, yeah, it's rated for handguns up to a certain caliber and a certain penetration, which usually, you know, equates to three fifty seven Magnum at close range. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to get off topic now, but... Sure. A bulletproof vest does not mean that they're stab-proof. No, that is correct. Which they, I think is so they interesting. They can be both, they, but, but they, they have to be specifically always. designed to be stab-proof. And then they have stab-proof stuff for, like, uh, penitentiary officers. Right, but but I'm saying that it's, it's interesting that you, you, you could stab somebody with an yeah, ice pick, and sure. that becomes armor-piercing. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. So in any way that the government wants to word it, or yeah. you know, Feinstein's of the world, sure, yeah, and and it's because the 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 way the two different things penetrate the vest, you know, it's it's a blunt object moving at high speed versus a very pointy right, object that separates just, the yeah separates fibers. The, the fibers, yeah. sure. And then there's in addition to the soft armor we talked about, there is they should just get dragon scale. Oh no, we're not talking about that. <laughs> we're not going there. I know that's the best thing to bring up. I really wish you wouldn't. The, in addition to the soft armor, there is hard armor or uh, rifle plates. And these are, you know, uh, traditionally made of ceramic. Uh, they're they're more, made of more exotic stuff nowadays. But they are actual hard armor plates that you'll see military and SWAT units wearing. And it's if you want to watch if you've watched Black Hawk Down, right? There's that famous scene oh, where yeah, he, he says, takes, "Oh, you don't need your back plate. That'll save you what <laughs> ten pounds or whatever it is." Yeah, he takes the RBR plate out of the back. Yeah, you should not do that. Yeah. It, well, as we all learned, from it was our a bad Hollywood decision. Lesson. It was a bad decision, actually. But it was a true. It was true. He didn't have it. Was, it. it was true at the time, but he did get shot in the back. The guy right. who did that in yeah. real life. So there's a lesson to you. Now, ceramic plates, uh, they usually only take one round. Yeah, traditionally, your your traditional hard uh, armor is just rated for single shots. It's not rated for multi-shot. It is usually uh, used in conjunction with soft body armor. So you actually wear both. Now, there, there are standalone plates, but uh, not to get into too much nuances, but the rifle plates are made to stop armor-piercing ammunition, you know, up to usually 30 caliber AP stuff. And the soft armor is usually rated to stop uh, pistol rounds like we talked about. Now, any rifle round will zip right through soft body armor. They're not rated to stop it. So even your standard thirty out 6 your standard two seventy, any hunting ammo, uh, including the two two three and 7.60 by 39 will penetrate soft body armor. Is it true that twenty two long rifle, like high-velocity twenty two long rifle, will go through that? Some stuff, yes, so, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, 3A, uh, you know, like I said, it's only rated to stop, you know, whatever it's rated to stop. Uh, 2A was real popular for years uh, for police. They've gone to a 3A level, which stops a little bit more stuff. But um, so when somebody tells you that it's armor-piercing bullets, what they're saying is it's a rifle round. So don't let uh, don't let the confusion over, you know, what is armor-piercing, what isn't armor-piercing, uh, confuse the issue. You know, a rifle round will defeat soft armor, and, you know, soft armor is only made to stop pistol rounds. Now, there's there's something also that goes into some of this that a lot of people don't know is back plate or back back face deformation. Back face deformation, yeah. Um, can you explain that a little bit? Well, when they rate armor, um, as you when it gets hit, the, the, the back of the armor where the person is can only deform – so much because that energy, has, that energy yeah, has to go basically. somewhere 
So it can only deform so much before it's basically failed. So if you have, you know, the bullet doesn't go through it, but it, you know, deforms the back of the armor so much that it hurts you, it's going to ruin the point of wearing the armor. Right, but I mean, it doesn't matter. You're if you get shot, even with the soft body armor on, with a nine millimeter or anything, you're going to have bruised ribs, bruises, just maybe depends. even cracked ribs. Yeah, oh, for sure, you could get hurt very badly. You could shrug it off. Just there's just so many variables when it comes to you know a shooting and those sorts of things. What armor you're wearing, right. what you're wearing underneath it, what the round is, like how the fast magic it's going, bullet, where it hits you. Yeah, magic bullet. I mean, that thing hit so many things and didn't deform at all. <laughs> exactly, it was titanium, I think. So, yeah, so basically that's the thing, and I just wanted everybody to be aware of, you know, what armor-piercing ammo is and what it isn't. So what would exotic ammo be then? Because I would think armor-piercing would be exotic. Are you talking about, like, incendiary? When I start talking about exotic ammo. 50 BMG with RDX tips. (laughs) I'm talking about (laughs) exotic ammunition that you and I can go buy right now. Well, you know, if it was available. We could go buy it right now. I'm talking about your, you know, your fancy ammo. Usually it has over-the-top advertising. Usually they make claims that are too unbelievable, too good to be true. like DRT? DRT. It'll go go straight through concrete, but as soon as it touches liquid, it'll just open up. Exactly. And 100% of energy will be dispersed into its target. Yeah, I think another one that made the similar claims to that was uh, the Lamaze Warfare Ammo, Uh, Land Warfare Ammo. uh, Extreme Shock. Extreme Shock is another one. Pretty much anything that comes in a five-round blister pack. (laughs) Exactly. If you have ammo that is ex- ridiculously expensive, you're not going to be able to test it in your handgun or rifle anyways. I put 50 rounds through on a new defensive. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Oh, new well, defensive yeah, not, round? not of the exotic yeah, ammo. Yeah, not of right, the right, exotic right. ammo. Yeah, you're going to want to stick with, uh, stay away from the exotic ammo. You're going to want to stick with the tried and true uh, ammunition that's been, you know, that, that f- falls under the FBI protocol testing and does adequately in that testing. But now you're you're talking about when you say exotic, you are referring to really exotic ammo because we're not talking about basic hollow points. I mean, no, no, nothing you, like that. I mean, no. you're talking about the like like I said, the ones that fall, that are five rounds, yeah, five round for 50 pack, bucks yeah. or something. Yeah, crazy exactly. Like that. If 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 it's more than you know a dollar a round, you probably want to rethink uh, your your ammo situation. And I know we had talked about this at one point, and you'll probably be hated for it by somebody, but the Glazer... Glazer Safety Slug? Yeah, the blue and the red. What's, yeah, what's the other one? It's uh, the Glazer Safety Slug and the MagSafe Ammo. That was it. What's MagSafe Ammo? Uh, it's basically exactly like Glazer Safety Slug. It's a jacketed portion of the bullet filled with birdshot and epoxy. Okay, so it's a frangible, and yeah, and I I meant um, I meant uh, blue and silver. Yeah, they ha- yeah, yeah. They they got the two different flavors of blazer with yeah. the two different size bird shots. But right. either way, it's it's exotic ammo. You can't afford to run enough through your gun to see if the sucker works. Um, so stay away from it. Stick with stick with uh, you know what I tell try to tell people stick with gold dots. That one's easy to find. It so, performs I- great in almost every caliber, shape, and size. Um, the other ones are the federal HSTs. All right. Well, what if someone wants to use a shotgun? Ranger. Shotgun. Oh, shotgun is interesting. Uh, the best shotgun ammo you can get, it turns out to be number one buck. Not double lot? No, no, no. Number one doesn't penetrate as much, but it still has most of the stopping power of the double lot. So you get the best of both worlds. 
Now, the second best, of course, is Double Lot Buck. And I definitely recommend, if you can't find any number one, run the double lot. Uh, if you got the number one, run it in your gun. The most important thing, though, with a shotgun is to pattern the ammo in your shotgun. So pattern the ammo you like in the shotgun you're going to use. And so you know where it's hitting at certain distances and how wide the spread is. You don't want to be surprised when it does come to a defensive shooting situation. And you'd shoot someone at the end of the hallway and do a ton of other damage. Or miss them completely, or, yeah, fill in the blank, right? Yeah, they're too far away, and your pattern is, you might hit them with one. Awful, yeah, you don't want that to be the situation at all. So, yeah, for shotguns, uh, definitely stick with the number one, the double lots, uh, two and three quarter. Stay away from the three inch. Um, The the three and a half is just complete overkill. the yeah, like we said, the just stay away from the exotic stuff. If they make claims that you know you shoot somebody in the pinky and it's going to kill them from the shock, just don't buy it. Just use your common sense. Um, if you have any questions on any specific recommendations, go to our Facebook, shoot us a message, post on our well, wall, post on our wall. Let we'll everyone. Be, yeah, we'll be glad to ask answer specific questions for sure. Yeah. Uh, now some of the stuff that's been going on in the news. Uh, it's kind of an interesting. What's what's been in the news? Uh, I, don't, I don't have the news. Well, they're out in Ellis County in Oklahoma, I believe. Uh-huh. The, uh huh. The this lady was at home. Two intruders were trying to break in. She calls her husband, who oh, you posted this to our Facebook, so yeah. I know about this. Okay, yeah, and he races home and then engages in a, a firefight with these two boys. These yeah. two good old boys. Yeah. And uh, the best part of this, you know, other than the innocent people were you know hardly hurt because i think one of the i think his wife actually got hit or something by a stray round but uh the guy's neighbor came and helped him out yeah the great thing is the the good guys prevailed there was a gunfight um the scumbags decided to take their own lives uh at the end of the gunfight so i guess that means the good guys won so you know it's a great situation all the way around there's been a lot of people that have been questioning that questioning what the two guys shooting themselves at the end of that it's uh, it is odd but you know is it any odder than you know stealing all your parents guns your parents truck heading down south to texas and then deciding to rob an armed older couple (laughs) i mean that's about as dumb as it gets yeah i mean it's sad that these guys were only you know 17 and 18 sure yeah but at that age you should know better right right yeah i mean I, i i definitely empathize with say the family of these kids but you know I would empathize more with the family of the people that they got in a gunfight with if they killed them. Well, I mean, I, I'm i kind of glad that the people that they got into a gunfight with didn't kill them because now they don't have to live with the thought of well, that's them true too. killing yeah. them. That's, that's, a, that's an excellent point. Now, you have to be prepared to kill somebody, but you don't want to if you don't have right. to. Right, and you know, when, you, when, you, when your spouse leaves or you give her a handgun or whatever it is, or yourself, when you leave the house with a firearm— you need to know that you are willing to defend your life and the people that you love around you with that firearm and know that you may have to take someone else's life. I think that's important. I think that's an important thing to know that before you strap on a gun. Because I'm so tired of hearing people, like when the Aurora Theater thing happened, I mean, there was one guy that I heard and he was like, oh man, yeah, I, I wouldn't have been laying there. I wouldn't have been running. I wouldn't have been scared. I wouldn't have done this. You don't really know what you would have done. Well, nobody's known But what you need do. Yeah, to be as prepared to do you try to to mentally prepare for it as much as you can and that does help mental preparation does help um um 
It's called the thing. Visualizing. Yeah, that's it. Visualization does help. Uh, when I drove race cars, visualization helped. When you drove I shot, race cars? You were NASCAR? No. You were not, a Formula One racer? No, no. Formula One? I'm American. Ciao. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Amateur race cars. When I drove race cars, uh, visualization was an important tool. When I shoot... Uh, visual visualization. I can't say that visualization. word. Visualization. I need more liquor. The visual visual this. Wow, it's just really tough. She sells seashells by the seashore. If you visualize, it really helps you. It shooting. did help him. I can't believe it helped him. <laughs> so you know, um, yeah, you want to. You anytime you even think about strapping on a gun, you have to realize that you might have to take someone's life and be prepared for that fact. Good, bad, or you know. Any other way it goes. So what's going on with the uh, assault weapons ban? I heard something about it's kind of been struck down. The last thing I heard is they're moving ahead in the Senate with a bill that's going to contain universal background checks and something else that I just brain farted on. But Senator Dianne Feinstein's assault weapon ban portion of it is not going to the floor in the main body of the bill. He's going to let her introduce it as a amendment. So that's a good thing for us. Um, I think the the anti-gun legislation puts the Democrats in a bad place because on one hand, you want to remain loyal to the party and vote for gun control. On the other hand, if you want to keep your job, you might want to vote against gun control because these guys get reelected here in another year. In 1994, isn't that basically what happened? That's I exactly mean, <laughs> what happened. And it, Republicans swept. And some of those people have been there since 94. They remember what happened, and they don't want that to happen again, especially the, the main body of the Democratic Party. So they're, they're playing this, you know, this balancing act of don't want to tick off people to have another 94 happen, but we want to pass something, no matter how awful it is. So, so like like we said, they started big as they could, and yeah, I think they did. They might be settling. They well, sure, they're going to pass whatever they can get away with. But the the bans that they were touted in the beginning aren't going to ha- aren't going to happen. We knew they wouldn't happen. Um, the public is for the public wants the government to do something. But on the other hand, I think the public understands that no matter what they do, it's not going to change anything. It's not going to affect, you know, people are still going to be crazy. People are still going to be violent. People are still going to shoot one another no matter what law you pass. So we know there's no logic involved in this, but there's some emotion. They want somebody to do something. And and we can all understand that. Everybody wants something to be done when something tragic happens. Right. (laughs) That's all? You weren't listening to where I said. What am I supposed to say to that? So, so what's going to happen? I strongly is, disagree with your viewpoint. Right. I don't think anybody wants anything changed. So, <laughs> at all. So, what's going to happen is something is going to try to be pushed through. I think it's going to go through in the Senate, and it's going to get struck down in the House, and we're never going to hear about it again. And then the Democrats can say face saying, "Hey, we tried to do something, but the nasty Republicans didn't let us." Can and we see? We can all move along. Can we all agree that in twenty years, Feinstein's head? We'll just be talking still, trying to pass all of this stuff. Oh, she's just going to be, yeah, she'll just be yammering like along. Like from RoboCop 2? No, 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 no. From uh, Futurama, where they put the heads in the jars. 
Yeah? No? no. Nothing? From okay. RoboCop 2, okay. when they... Did anybody see RoboCop 2? <laughs> I did. Oh, my God. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. They put the dude's brain in the yeah. robot. Yeah. I don't think she has a brain. Einstein. I don't think she has one to put in a robot. I don't think she has a heart. She definitely does not have a heart. No, I think what happened with Diane Feinstein, and she I didn't dropped, realize this, dropped as a child. Well, she, she, I think she was. She suffers from PTSD from the Harvey Milk shooting back in San Francisco back in the day when she was just starting in politics. That's how she came to power, you know. And I think that traumatized her. I think that's about the time she turned in her own concealed carry permit, and you know, started being anti-gun. Interesting. Yeah, that's just a personal theory of mine. Could be wrong. (laughs) 